Blog Talk Radio. Dante Show. Welcome, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy third Monday in the month of March. We're almost out of March, and we're almost at Easter. Imagine that. This year is um, floating by faster than what I expected, because for us to be almost at Easter speaks volume. It's almost time for people to grab their, their pastels and their light-colored shoes and walk up into the place they only go to three times a year, Easter, Mother's Day, and Christmas. That's a joke. All right, so everybody, it is Monday. It is Dante's show time. And when I tell you I'm a little bit tired, I am tired, and I'm going to tell you why. Because last night was the Dante show open mic that happened in Inglewood, and it was off the chain. It was great. So I got to give a big shout out to my brother, Earl Gillette, who is also my co-partner in that. And when I say folks came out last night and supported, it was a joy. It was a pleasure, and it was a great time. Everybody had a ball. So it happened at the lounge in Inglewood, right on Nutwood Street, around the corner from uh, the Savoy on one side, and I believe Issa Ray's office is on the other side. So if you want to know where the spot is, just watch Insecure, <laughs> and you will see a lot of stuff that's in that area right, right up popping. But it was good. So Daniel J came out. He tore it up. Daniel J sang um, uh, Golden by Jill Scott. He slowed it down, then sped it back up, then did all these runs and vocal tricks and all kind of stuff. Then my girl, Francesca White, she came. You know, Francesca is known in the gospel uh, world, but she sung uh, a little Frankie Beverly in Maze last night, and she killed it. I mean, killed it. And then this guitarist was there who, like, I mean, I never saw Jimi Hendrix live, but uh, if Jimi Hendrix was here, I'm sure he would appreciate the energy this brother uh, gave. I didn't get his name, but he took the Frankie Beverly song and put it into a little Calypso vibe, and we had like this little whole island experience. It was off the chain. And then Daniel Kirkendall came, gave us some gospel. <clears throat> brother wobbled. He did good. He did a good job. Uh, sung Total Praise, one of my favorite gospel songs, so he knocked that out the park. And then Madeline Mosley came, and she gave us just that bow. So if you like music, if you like music, if you love a live band, love some open mic, love that kind of stuff, check us out next month. It's the third Sunday of every month at the Lounge in Inglewood, uh, 217 Nutwood Street in Inglewood. That's every third Sunday of the month. And last night, it was really, really, really good. So thanks for everybody that came out. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. So Listen, are we still, I mean, are we still going to Wakanda? I mean, are we still talking about Wakanda? Is Wakanda still the end thing? Are we still doing dashikis? Are we still doing the the Black Panther chest cross fist bump thing? I mean, where are we at? Um, You know, the momentum was high. Two weeks ago, we got the Wakanda challenge. We still got people dancing, um, you know, on videos and whatnot. But where are we at? You know, I I don't see a big buzz no more. I mean, granted, Granted, Black Panther is now at the $1.2 billion mark. Black Panther has been out for, what, two and a half weeks and has made $1.2 billion. It is the 14th highest grossing movie ever, ever. And it's only in like its second week. So 
clearly it's still got some time to uh to to climb the charts uh, from number 14 i'll give it to at least number five i mean come on so so what, what's black panther gonna do i mean are we still excited i'm still excited i think i'm gonna go see it one more time in the theaters just just one more good time you know um i saw it twice you know the second time was actually better than the first because the second time i got to like really watch the movie without all the just oh my god excitement nerves anticipation but um Listen, I think I'm gonna see it the third time just to just to like have that real calm zen and really watch the the um the movie. And uh, someone just posted on the Facebook thread that Black Panther is only 18 million away from beating the Avengers as the top superhero movie in history. And I think that it's going to beat um Iron Man because Iron Man is a solo and Black Panther is a solo. So uh, I think I'm not sure, but. I'm digging it, and I think Chadwick Boseman is set to host Saturday Night Live uh, coming real soon. I forgot the date, but I think he announced he's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean, is Chadwick funny? I mean, I've only seen him. I mean, he's played James Brown. He's played Jackie Robinson, and he's played Black Panther. You know, all real people. I don't care what you say. T'Challa is real. T'Challa exists. Um, he's played all real people, so I'm assuming that he's funny. I'm, everybody got some comedy in them, so I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it, all right? So in other news, we still got, you know, old dude in the White House. You know, I mean, he's still there. And, and the talk of the town now is that, you know, if he fires, you know, if he fires um, Robert Mueller, then basically he's firing himself, you know, so what's he going to do, you know, so... People are saying, you know, it's all nothing. It's all speculation. He's not going to fire Mueller and blickety blah, blah, blah. But if Trump does fire Mueller, you know, they're saying that, you know, that's it. He's going to be out of the White House and Trump will have to go. But if Trump goes, you know, we all know who that, that vice president is. Are we really going to be in a better situation or will it be worse? You know, Trump is kind of like that bully at school that you know where he's going to be. So you don't go down that hallway. It's like, I don't feel like dealing with that bully. I don't feel like him taking my lunch money. I don't feel like him, you know, shooting a spitball at me. I don't feel like it. So I'm going to go the other way. I may go the long way or down the other hall, but you know, I don't feel like it. But then you got the other dude walking with you and you're not really sure if he's Trump's friend or not. And he's right next to you. And then once you decide to go beat up the bully, the friend that you thought was your friend jumps on your back. That's the vice president. I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust dude. I don't trust the boy. I think that he's going to be just as bad as, as Donald, but we don't know. We don't know. Time will tell what he's going to do. We don't know. Time can tell what he's going to do. So tonight's show, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it because everybody that knows me knows that I'm big on really talking about issues that affect the you know black community, but communities of color. Um, HIV is my passion. HIV is something that I love to discuss and educate on and provide insight on. Um, HIV is just it. You know, I think that everyone needs to be be knowledgeable and in the know about HIV and STDs, but HIV primarily, you know, not only because, you know, I'm living with the virus, but because I think that, that 30 years into all of this, we should be a lot farther when it comes to education. We should be a lot further when it comes to where we are with providing prevention within our communities. Our kids should be educated. They should not be walking around saying, I don't know what the H, the I, and the B stands for. They should know this. But tonight we're talking about criminalization. So I posted a question on my page. So if this is your first time tuning into the Dante Show, 
Along with the podcast, I actually talk to everyone on Facebook. So if you go to Facebook right now, type in Dante Morrison, D-O-N-T-A, last name Morrison, you will see that there is a conversation that goes along with the show. So if you don't want to come on live, you can ask a question on the Facebook thread. I'll get that question on. You can give your comments. All my, my followers, my people are on there. They're dropping their memes and all that kind of stuff. So it, it turns to a nice little conversation. But I asked a scenario today, a scenario question. And those that know me know that my scenarios, um, they kind of go there. They range from all kind of topics. But tonight's scenario says this. I'm going to read the question, and I'm going to let you decide what you would do. Okay? Here we go. Scenario. You have been dating someone for a while and finally decide to have sex. It was phenomenal and exactly what you needed. Afterward, remembering that no condoms were used, you jokingly ask the person's HIV status, to which they answer, oh, I'm positive, but undetectable. Would you, and then I give choices, A, pick up the phone, call the cops, and have the person arrested for attempted murder. B, exhale and relax because you know all about you equals you. C, grab the lamp off the nightstand and bash the person in the head. Or D, listen to the Dante show at 9 p.m. because the topic is HIV criminalization. All right. That was tonight's scenario. So if you missed the scenario on my thread, you can go on to the, the talking line now and ask, what would you do? And I posted the question because, unfortunately, a lot of people still equate HIV with the death sentence. They still look at HIV as something that, um, that if I get it, I'm going to die tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so Steph Sims just asked, what is HIV undetectable? And I'm going to cover all that tonight, Steph. Tonight, Steph, you are going to be an HIV guru. You're going to know all about it, okay? You're going to know all about it. So, so here we go. So that is the, the topic for tonight, HIV criminalization and all that kind of stuff. Tonight's phone lines will be open. You want to call in and give a comment or, or share your thoughts, it's 914-338-1611, 914-338-1611. So how this all really hit the limelight for me is a few years ago, um, I would say, God, probably 2014 or 15, a guy by the name of Michael Johnson um, was arrested. He was arrested and sentenced to 30 years in prison because he infected, um, he put five men at risk for infection. I believe one man actually contracted HIV and the other four just came out of the woodwork. And a According to stories, Michael Johnson knew he had HIV and he did not disclose, okay? He's also known as Tiger Mandingo. So if you want to go on to Google after the show and Google Tiger Mandingo, you will see his story. So he was sentenced to 30 years in jail. Now that sentence was later overturned and he was given 10 years, 10 years in jail um, for what he did. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes um, in concert with the situation. A lot of it was because he was, A, he was down south. He was down south and he was black. He was an African-American male in college. He was a wrestler, was gay, down south. And I'm not sure if he was escorting or whatever the case may be, but he had went on, he was on like social media or social sites, you know, not soliciting sex, but he was hooking up with folks. So for those of you that use these social apps, Tinder, 
you know, jacked grinder, um, Christian mingle, whatever your zhuzh is, to meet somebody and you mean them to have sex, you don't know who's coming to your house. You don't know what you're, which, what you're going to get. You don't know what the person's going to show up with. And nine times out of ten, the person is not honest about having HIV or STDs because they just come in to hit. All right. So Tiger Mandingo or Michael Johnson was down in Missouri. Down in Missouri, they have HIV criminalization laws. Now, he was prosecuted and sentenced. And one of the plaintiffs, the mother, went on to say, I wish, I hope he gets, you know, life in prison. He should get life in prison because he gave my son HIV and my son's life sentence is HIV with no possibility of parole. So I ask you, why does Michael Johnson deserve any less? Okay. Now keep in mind that these men that Michael Johnson slept with were white and they were also older. These are older. These were older white men. And he was not in front of a jury of his peers and he was in Missouri. Okay, so all those factors played a part into this. So when you think of it like that, was it too harsh? 30 years, too harsh for not disclosing your HIV status. Okay, chew on that, think about that, and you ask yourself, what would you do? Would you take someone to court? Would you have taken someone to court if they did not disclose their HIV status to you? And you didn't catch the virus, you just found out later they had it. All right, so as you think about that, let's go back to the basics. You know, and the basics is how does people, how do people get HIV? Most folks don't know how HIV is spread. They don't know what HIV stands for. They don't know anything. So here we go. Let me give you a little basic HIV rundown. HIV stands for human immunodeficiency virus. Okay. Period. You now know more than probably half America just by knowing that. All right. HIV is spread only in certain body fluids from a person who is infected with HIV. All right. There are five. Bi well, there are six body fluids. I really push five, but there are six body fluids. All right. The first one being blood. Blood is something that we all have. Semen and preseminal fluids. All right. So semen, nut, cum, whatever you want to call it. All right. And then preseminal fluids. Precum. All right. So we got blood. Cum, nut, and precum. All right. Rectal fluids, vaginal secretions. So when a woman's vagina gets moist, that's a vaginal secretion. Believe it or not, when I ask that question to teenagers, some young girls are like, What's a vaginal fluid? What is that? I don't get it. When you get moist, that's a secretion. And then breast milk. All right. Those are the body fluids that can transmit HIV. So notice you did not hear tears, you did not hear saliva. You did not hear sweat. So you cannot get HIV from someone crying on you, someone spitting on you, or someone sweating on you, okay? You can't even get it from someone who's urinating on you. So if you're into golden showers, if you like to get peed on, you won't catch HIV from urine. Hey, so go ahead. Continue in your water sports. Be free. Do you. No judgment, all right? So those are the five body fluids that transmit HIV. So how do you guys feel about that? Do you feel a tad bit smarter, a tad bit more educated? Because that is stuff that a lot of people do not know, believe it or not. And this is also information that is not being shared, that is not being shared in our, um, in our schools, you know? So, so, so look at that and think about that. When your kids go to school, they're not being taught this kind of stuff. They're not being shared the, this information. So your kids are walking around campus, they're walking around, they're having sex, 
and then we get mad at them. We're getting mad at them when, when they come up pregnant or catch an STD or catch HIV, but not realizing that the school is not educating our kids on this. They're not getting the videos. They're not getting the, the safer sex workshops. They're not getting this kind of stuff. You can't even pass out comments on certain school campuses, but we know the kids are having sex. Okay? All right? So we got that much. All right. So HIV is also transmitted through sex. Now, when I ask this question to people, what kind of sex transmits HIV? A lot of adults, they jump into the bedroom. They're like, oh, I know that. Missionary style, doggy style, reverse cowgirl, froggy style, all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not asking about sexual positions. I'm asking about <laughs> what kind of sex transmits HIV. You got oral sex, vaginal sex, and anal sex, all right? Notice, I did not say gay sex. There's no such thing as gay sex. Usually when I say, when people hear anal sex, they instantly go down gay lane, okay? Believe it or not, there's a lot of women out there that like anal sex. They love anal sex. They wait for anal sex. They crave anal sex. So anal sex is sex, all right? Oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex. Boom. So now we know that. You can also contract HIV by sharing needles because when you share needles, what fluids are pre is present? Blood. All right? Blood. So you can contract HIV from sharing needles. And then you have mother to infant. A mother can transmit HIV to her, to her unborn child or to, to her child during birth or when she's breastfeeding. All right? So that's it. That's it. Simple as that. That's how you get HIV. That is how you get HIV, and you'd be amazed at how many folks do not know that. Do not know that, all right? And since we're on the subject, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me regress for a little bit. Is it regress or digress? I'm not really sure. All right, but here we go. So I mentioned anal sex, okay? And this is something that you should also know, that when you're telling your kids to, to go out there or if they're going to be into whatever, and you say, don't come home with no baby. All right. Don't come home with no baby. Don't you get no girl pregnant or don't you let no dude get you pregnant. All right. So if if they don't want to use condoms, they use anal sex as a form of birth control because we're not teaching our kids about HIV and STDs. All we're worried about is don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Well, you do know that when you do it in a booty, you're not going to get pregnant. OK, so a lot of our teenagers, a lot of our teenagers are using anal sex as a form of birth control. Period, period. And they're also using anal sex to say that, hey, I am still a virgin. OK, a lot of young girls are saying, hey, I'm still a virgin. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I'm still a virgin. No guy's ever been inside my vagina. My vagina is still intact. My hymen is still there. Hey, it's, it's, sorry, I'm good. I'm good. But they're engaging in oral sex and anal sex. Okay, because they, in their mindset, vaginal sex is quote unquote sex sex. If I have vaginal sex, then I'm really not a virgin. Okay, this little tidbit, and I work with youth, I talk to youth all the time, and this is what they say. This is what they say. This is what they think. This is what they're led to believe because all we're pushing is don't come home with no baby. All right, so parents, let, let's change the game. Let's change the game. All right, so here we go. Let's talk about. Criminalization of HIV. Many of you probably do not know that there is a lot of states that still um, consider having sex while without disclosing your status is a crime. It is a crime. Okay. There's a lot of states. So here we go. Some of them outline this as saying criminalize non-disclosure of HIV status or exposure to a third party to HIV. That's a crime for some. All right. Number two, make exceptions to confidentiality and privilege of rights of people living with HIV. 
all right? You're not sharing information. You're not telling someone your status. You're not letting someone know you have HIV. That is a crime punishable by jail. You can go to jail, all right? And not only will you go to jail, you'll be registered as a sex offender. You are now a registered sex offender because you did not disclose your HIV status. So this is what I'm going to ask everyone are those who are listening or on the phone or whatever the case may be. This is what I need you to chime in. This is what I need you to call in and give some input, give some dialogue. All right. Whose responsibility is it in the bedroom? Okay. If a person has HIV, person has HIV and they're in the bedroom, they don't disclose, they don't disclose, should they go to jail if no one else asked? If condoms were used, condoms were in the bedroom, the other party did not ask, and they found out, find out later through the grapevine that they just slept with someone who has HIV, do they have a case? That's my question. That's my question, because what I'm seeing is that people is put, are putting all the responsibility on the person living with HIV. All the responsibility should not be on that individual. There needs to be back and forth communication. There needs to be conversation. And when I see this topic with women, women are like, well, I don't know how to ask a man if he has HIV because he's going to assume that I think he's on the down low. See, that's a myth right there. Women can infect men. A man can contract HIV from a woman because you now know that vaginal secretions is a fluid that can transmit the virus, all right? So there are heterosexual men out there living with HIV who have never been with another man who do not desire to have sex with other men, okay? But they're living with HIV. There are women out there who contracted HIV from these heterosexual men and still will not disclose their status to their future sex partners. So don't always look at the man going around infecting people. We have women out there who are infecting other men as well, okay? So the question is, whose responsibility is it in the bedroom when it comes to talking about HIV and STDs, all right? There are a total of 67 laws explicitly focused on persons living with HIV and have been enacted in 33 states. These laws vary as to what behaviors are criminalized or result in additional penalties. So depending on what state you live in, the, 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 the circumstance is different, all right? So each state has a different way of dealing with this kind of situation, all right? But in 24 of these states, laws require persons who are aware that they have HIV to dis disclose their status to sexual partners and 14 states require disclosure to needle-sharing partners. So listen, you out there on heroin, you got HIV. Before you take the needle and take that shot, when you in this whole group setting, you're supposed to sit there with the other heroin addicts and say, yo, look, y'all, I got HIV, but we all finna shoot up together. Come on, what's the reality of that? Now, let's take it a step further. We look at people who have sex, all right? Everybody has sex. If you haven't had sex today, you'll probably have sex sometime this week. All right, everybody has sex, everybody likes sex, everybody enjoys sex, all right? So is a person that lives with HIV supposed to disclose their status to everybody, every single person, even their jump-offs, even the ones that they're never going to see again? So if they're with someone, I'm like, I'm never going to see this person again. But I'm supposed to tell them the deepest, most innermost secret of my, my being when I know I'm not going to put them at risk, okay? We're using condoms. We're being safe. But law says I'm supposed to disclose my status to my sexual partners. Is that fair? 
And the reason I'm having this conversation is because some people look at this topic as black and white. If you have HIV, you need to disclose, period. Now, that's usually a person that's not living with HIV that is saying that. HIV negative people do not understand the complexities associated with being positive. They don't understand all that goes into it. They don't understand the stigma. They don't understand the shame. They don't understand the alienation. They don't, they don't understand. They don't understand. All right. So people on my Facebook thread, they're, they're commenting. So I'm going to go ahead and read some of these comments. All right. I'm sorry, Ariel. I'm sorry. But if ain't nobody going to call in. I got to keep going. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here was a question from Ariel. My question is, how will a person know which person or who gave the person or who's positive and all that kind of stuff? How do they know? How do you track it back? Bingo. Exactly. Exactly. If you are someone who is engaging in a lot of sex, you know, again, I don't judge. Live your life. You'd be great. If you're engaging in a lot of sex and you come up positive, you know, who are you mad at? Who are you finna go back and, and try to fight? And this happens all the time. As a person who provides the HIV test, when I have the unfortunate, you know, responsibility of letting someone know that they are now infected with HIV, you know, they look through their whole list of people and they try to figure out, well, I wonder who gave it to me or I know who gave it to me. And my question is always, well, did you ask? Did you ask their status before you had sex with them? And the answer is always no. It's always always no. Why is that? Why are we not asking the question before sex? Why do we always wait until after when we have that moment of regret and be like, oh my God, I cannot believe I just had sex with this individual and I have no idea. Oh my God. Think about that. Think about that. We're all adults. We're all adults. We got to begin to make smarter decisions and we got to begin to take responsibility for our actions because HIV one is not a gay disease. All right. Be clear because the name is human immunodeficiency virus human human means gay, straight, bisexual, transgender, black, white. Okay. It does not matter if you are a human going through this human experience and you are having sex unsafe, you are at risk for HIV infection, okay? You are not exempt. You're not exempt. And who I love talking to, I love talking to, to those corporate-minded people. Now, those corporate-minded people are people who think they're above, above it all because they don't have to hustle to survive. They don't have to, you know, work the block. You know, you got to, let's, I'm going paint to paint this picture. You got a vice president. You got a, a woman vice president in power. She wore her power suits every day. You know, she got her nice bins. She got her nice house. She got, you know, think about Vivica Fox character from, from Two Can Play That Game. You know, you got that kind of chick. You got that kind of chick that's looking down on the chick that's working the block. Looking down on the chick that, that's working the stroll to, to make ends meet. Looking, basically looking down on the prostitute. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The prostitute knows that her vagina is her moneymaker. The prostitute knows that her woo-ha is what's going to help her stay, stay fed, help her stay housed, help her stay clothed. So she got to make sure that her woo-ha is on point. All right. You got these female escorts. They out there making top dollar. And guess what? They're also going to the gynecologist. 
They're also up to date on their stats. They're also up to date on their tests. They're making sure they're making sure that they're that they're HIV negative and they're STD free. But the chick working in corporate America, the power chick, the boss chick, who's out there thinking that nothing's gonna happen to her, she ain't asking questions. She ain't using condoms because she's on the pill, or she take the depth of very shot. You know, she ain't tripping because she thinks that she's above the law. That be the chick that catches HIV or another STD, but you never hear about it because she goes to her high high end Beverly Hills doctor and they they cover everything up. Okay, period. Money can hide a multitude of situations. You know, y'all looking at Magic Johnson, thinking he's the only celebrity with HIV. No, of course we got Charlie Sheen, but there there are countless others out there living with HIV, herpes, STDs, all kind of stuff. But because they have the money to hide it, it's hidden. But you go to communities of color, poor, underprivileged communities that have to go to community clinics, nonprofit organizations, and all that kind of stuff. That's how we find out. Well, within this area, within the hood, the numbers are high. The numbers are high. Come on, y'all. Let's 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 be real. Let's be real. No one no one is above it. No one is exempt. No one is exempt. So if you are sexually active, if you are sexually active, you are at risk. If you are not laying up with the same partner every single time, if you switching seats every single week, you're not using condoms, you're not asking questions, you are at risk for HIV infection. Point blank. You and your red bottoms. All right? All right, so so we, we got that out the way. We got that out the way. So I asked the question also on my thread, you equals you. Would you exhale because you know about you equals you? So many of you probably have never heard of you equals you. You don't know about you equals you. Don't know what that's all about, and you're you really tripping about it, okay? So I'm going to tell you what you equals you is. You means undetectable means untransmittable, all right? Undetectable means untransmittable. So if you are with someone, if you're with someone, intimate with someone who has HIV and they're in treatment, they're on medication, and their viral load is undetectable, okay, meaning that they are so so on top of this, that they are so in control of this, you know, undetectable viral load and all that kind of stuff, it is impossible for them to transmit the virus, all right? It's impossible. So you will not contract HIV from a person who is undetectable. Now, undetectable does not mean cured. The person still has HIV. An undetectable viral load simply means that there are so few copies of the virus present in the blood that today's monitoring tests cannot detect them. Okay, that means that HIV is so suppressed in someone's system that it's hard, it it cannot be detected. It's not detected. The person still has HIV, all right, but if they are undetectable, they cannot transmit the virus. So, back to the scenario that I gave. Back to the scenario. This is how you're going to all learn. You're all going to learn right here. The scenario if the person says, Yeah, I have HIV, but I'm undetectable, okay? You can breathe a sigh of relief, like, oh, my God, okay, oh, my God. Breathe a sigh of relief because that means you are not at risk for contracting the virus, okay? Period, point blank, just that simple, just that simple. And this is stuff that that most people don't know. 
This is stuff that is out there. This is stuff that is shared. This is this is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And the Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So what I am giving you on tonight is life-saving knowledge so you will not perish. All right? Period. Period. Google it. You equals you. If you think I'm lying, Google it. Or you can go to my Facebook page. I just shared it on the thread along with the show. You equals you. All right. So that's also giving hope for people who are in zero discordant relationships. A zero discordant relationship is a relationship where one person is positive and one person is negative. That means one person has HIV and one person does not. All right. This gives hope for those of you out there who may, in fact, fall in love with someone who has HIV. All right. You fall in love with this person. They say, yo, I have HIV. You can instantly ask, hey, well, are you undetectable? Wish your viral load. Well, let's get you to undetectable. You will know how to love that person instead of running for the hills. So story, true story about me. True story about me. I was dating somebody who was like really into me. I mean, into me. I mean, told me I was like the best they ever met. And oh my God, you, 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 you. I'm like, okay, I'm letting them talk. Let them talk. Let them talk. Finally, I said, well, yo, okay, well, I, I have, you know, I got HIV. I have HIV. Cars, car stop. Car stop. My forehead went through the windshield, all kind of stuff. It was just like, you got what? Oh, wow. Well, we can't go no further. We can't, we, I, we can't date no more because I promised myself I will never date someone who has HIV. Oh, okay. And that happens all the time. That happens all the time. So you wonder why people who are living with HIV do not disclose their business to everybody because of the shame. And shame comes from ignorance, from not knowing, you know, the rejection. No one wants to be rejected over and over and over. So then what happens, people, some, some people living with HIV is like, well, forget a relationship. I'm going to just go out there and just live my life. I'm going to just have sex. I'm going to date. I'm going to go beat a few boxes. I'm going to go do what I got to do. But relationships, that's not for me because people have told me already that they're not going to date nobody with HIV and they can't handle it. And I can't, I cannot keep getting rejected because no one has taught the community on how to love someone with HIV, how to love someone despite what many view as a death sentence or some stigmatizing disability. It is not that. Okay, so go out there, fall in love with whomever you want to. If they have a condition that you don't know about or don't understand, up your game, up your knowledge. All right. So if anyone out there who is living with HIV is hearing this, I want you to take comfort in knowing, take comfort in knowing that there is someone out there for you. There is someone out there that is learning about HIV right now and don't even know why because they don't even know you coming yet, but you are on your way, okay? For those of you out there who have these high standards of I'm never going to date someone with HIV, guess what? That may be exactly who God sends your way. The best person you will ever meet probably will have HIV, and you're going to be faced with that tough decision, what do I do? And you're going to recall back to this show, this special episode of the Dante Show, and be like, wow, I can love this person through this. That's nothing, as long as they're undetectable. Okay, hold on. Steph Sims, Sims just asked a question. I'm confused. So undetectable means HIV is undetectable in the blood. So how do you know they have it? Well, good question, Steph. Good question. If the person takes a blood test, HIV will still show up. It, it will still show up. But, it, okay, basically it's highly controlled. 
highly controlled. So think about somebody that, that has the sugar. <laughs> Y'all know what the sugar is, right? Diabetes, all right? Think about someone that has diabetes, and we say, okay, we done got big mama's diabetes under control. She is okay. She still got diabetes. She still got diabetes, but she still got to take her medication, and she still got to cut out all those foods that, that, that could cause her to get sick, okay? She still got to cut that all out, all right? So the person still has HIV, still has to take their medication, okay? But they're not at risk of infecting anybody. They're not going to infect anybody, but they do still have it. They still have it, all right? So I hope, I hope that made sense. I hope that made sense. If, if it doesn't, ask me again or ask, ask, ask me on, on the call, and I'll try to clear it up somewhere, okay? All right. So is everybody being helped so far? Y'all being helped so far? All right. So we got the U equals U. Undetectable means untransmittable. A person is undetectable. They cannot transmit the virus, all right? So, and I'm setting the stage for something, for something bigger. Get ready. All right. So that we also have, we also have PrEP. We also got PrEP. That is pre-exposure prophylaxis, okay? Pre-exposure prophylaxis. Basically, it is a daily pill that you can take once a day that will decrease your chance of contracting HIV by up to 97%. All right. PrEP has proven effective. It has proven, uh, it has proven effective, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, but it is something that, that people are taking. They're taking it, but not on the levels that we would like. All right. It is a it is a scientific medication. Yes, you are taking this one pill a day every single day. The pill is Truvada. You're taking Truvada every single day, and they're working out ways now to possibly create an injectable prep, so it's something that they can inject in you, and you go get a shot every three months, similar to Depravera. So prep is getting a lot of resistance, getting a lot of pushback. A lot of people are saying, oh, no, not a pill, not a pill. Don't take this pill. But remember, birth control went through the same thing. When birth control was introduced back in the 50s and 60s, there was a lot of ruffled feathers saying, oh, no, we're not going to take, you can't take this pill, yada, yada, yada. Women have been on birth control for decades. It's a whole lot of folks ain't here that should have been here because moms is on birth control, all right, period. So PrEP, PrEP is a proven scientific medical regimen that can decrease your chance of contracting HIV by up to 97%, okay? One pill, once a day. Is for men and women, 18 and over, you can get it easy, but if you are a minor, you still can get PrEP, all right, period. You can get it. People are having sex, and it is decreasing the chance of HIV. PrEP does not prevent against STDs. You can still catch chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, all that kind of stuff. You can still catch that. So if you're going to be on PrEP, be on PrEP and use condoms, all right? So imagine this. Back to my serodiscordant relationships. You're in a serodiscordant relationship. You're negative. Your partner's positive. If your partner's positive and is, is not undetectable, that means their viral load is not undetectable. For some reason, the medication will not allow them to get to undetectable, and that does happen. It is possible. You can get on PrEP. So if you're on PrEP and your partner is on their medication, guess what? Ain't nobody going to catch HIV. You're not going to catch it. I'm telling y'all this because there's too much stuff out there to prevent HIV infection. It is way too much stuff out there. Yes, Macretia just posted a condom on the Facebook thread. Yeah, condom. We all know about condoms. Everybody knows about condoms. But there's a reason why people are not using condoms. I can give, I can give everyone who's listening tonight a condom. Will you all use it? No. I can walk the block and pass out condoms all throughout Baldwin Hills. Will people use them? No. There's a reason why they do not use condoms. 
Let's keep it 100. Condoms are not natural. They're not natural. No one, no man is born with latex on his penis. It's not. He's just not. So the filling of a condom takes away from intimacy. It takes away from the connection, and it can introduce a barrier in the relationship, all right? People do not like using condoms for that reason because it creates a barrier. It creates a divide. Yes, it prevents pregnancy. Yes, it prevents the contraction of STDs and HIV. Yes, they are effective. But the mental aspect of using condoms is not always where it should be. People just don't like using condoms. I know a lot of people who would just risk, risk catching something before they put on a condom. Don't ask me to explain it. Don't ask me to rationalize it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But there are a lot of men out there who simply will not use a condom. Just will not. Will not. You know, so let, let's be let's be clear. Cree, you're, you're arguing this. Yeah, you're saying, you know, the condom, you, you can make a condom, condom use fun. Yes, there's all kind of ways to introduce condoms to make to make it more appealing. Women, you can put the condom on, on the penis with your mouth. You can cheek it. You can learn how to how to give head with a condom, all kind of stuff. You can make it. You can go out and buy flavor condoms. They now have hot and spicy condoms. They got Tapatio flavor condoms. They got equal Young flavor. They got all kind of condoms out there now. OK, if you, whatever your zhuzh is, if you want chitlin condoms, I'm sure they got chitlin condoms down south. It's a way to make sex more fun. But if a person does not want to use a condom, they're just simply not going to use it. They're, they're just not going to use it, okay? And we got to be honest about that, all right? I don't know why folks don't like them, but they don't. We got to get to the root of the situation, all right? So we got that. So I framed all of that for a reason. I talked about you equals you. I talked about prep, okay? I talked about being undetectable. I talked about all these measures that can, I can talk about all these measures that can, that can keep a person's risk um, very low for possible contraction of HIV. Hold on, let me go back to this there real quick. Yes, Steph, hot and spicy. Okay, Steph, all right, we'll make a guacamole flavor condom. How about an avocado condom? How about that? We can make it green. All right, we'll do it that way. <laughs> we'll do it that way. All right, so when you think about the avocado and bacon flavor condom, Avocado and bacon flavored condom. I am going to write Trojans on tomorrow and say, yo, I got this idea. Let's make an avocado and bacon flavored condom. Remember how Lay's did that whole campaign where they had different flavored uh, potato chips and they took this vote and all that kind of stuff? You know, okay, but I digress. I digress. All right, you're right, Eddie. Sorry, I digress. All right, all right. So, so here we go. I said all that to say this. When we think about HIV criminalization, and locking somebody up, you know, for, for not disclosing their status. But we look at all these preventative measures that are out there. It is completely unfair for those of you who are HIV negative to ignore condoms, to ignore PrEP, to ignore communication in the bedroom, to ignore all the other factors that can be a prelude to sex and then put the blame 100% on the HIV positive person in the bedroom. That is completely unfair. To sit back on your, your HIV negative pedestal and say, this person put me at risk for catching HIV. When there are all these things out there that can keep you, you know, safe from contracting it, it's unfair. 
especially when we are living in a society where no one wants to get educated on HIV, no one wants to get educated on HIV prevention measures, people drive by and ignore folks like myself who are in the community passing out condoms and passing out flyers and promoting HIV testing. People laugh at, laugh at me, you know, and walk on by. All that is going on. Yet, if a person does not disclose their HIV static status, all hell breaks loose and people want to get baseball bats and gun, guns and crush glass up in, in grits and serve it to the person, all kind of stuff. That's not fair. So if you are HIV negative, guess what? You can stay that way. The ball really is in your court. Now, I'm not speaking on behalf of those people who lie and don't share their status because they are out there. There are a lot of liars out there who don't disclose, you know, who don't, they are out there. But for those who, who are living with HIV and still dealing with the stigma, still dealing with the rejection that comes from, from ignorance, it's unfair to put all the weight on their shoulders in the bedroom. I can guarantee you that a majority of the people living with HIV do not want to infect anyone else. Do not. Do not. I can guarantee you that if you're with someone who has not disclosed their HIV status and you're having sex and the condom breaks, that person will be a nervous wreck and you will not know why. That person will be like, oh, my God, the condom broke. Oh, my God, the condom broke. Oh, my God. And you won't understand why. And it'll start making you nervous. Then you'll start asking, do you have something? You'll be like Jad Jackson in, in Poetic Justice. Oh, my God, Lucky, did you give me something? Go go to Poetic Justice. To the, remember, they, okay, Poetic Justice, they hopped in this mail truck, and they did this trip to Oakland. It, it was kind of hilarious. So it was Jad Jackson, Regina King, Tupac, and Joe Torrey. They hopped in this, this mail truck. They went to Oakland. So Jad Jackson had this little attitude the whole time. She had these braids and whatnot. She was like, uh-uh, you know, if I'm a bitch, you a bitch, that, that whole type of thing. So she and Tupac are not Tupac, lucky, okay, they end up having sex. After they had sex, Lucky was like, yo, I got to tell you something. And she was like, oh, my God, uh-uh, you got something? And he was like, no, you know. So that's, that was the analogy I gave. For those who may not have seen Poetic Justice, do yourself a favor. Go out and rent Poetic Justice. Go to your nearest blockbuster um, and rent Poetic Justice. All right. Get it on, get it on uh, VHS or beta. All right, do that. Okay, here we go. So think about it. Don't wait till the end to have the conversation. Don't wait to the end. Don't wait till it's all over. Don't wait till it's all said and done to sit back and say, okay, let me ask this person what they got or what they're doing. All right. It's up to you, people. It's up to you. Now, statistically, you all know that I did, um, I, I had launched a nonprofit um, with my friend, close friend, Karamo Brown. Notice how I put that close friend out there. You know, <laughs> Karamo Brown, he's on Queer Eye for the, the new Queer Eye um, on Netflix. But me and Karamo started something called Six and Ten. And Six and Ten was uh, a nonprofit we started because the CDC had released findings that said the way HIV is being spread right now amongst black, gay, and bisexual men. By the time many are 40 years old, by the time they're 40, six out of 10 will have HIV. Six out of 10. Okay, so that means you go into a room of 10 black, gay, or bisexual men. Six of them are either HIV positive or at high risk of contracting HIV by the time they're 40. That comes from stigma, lack of conversation. We're not talking about it enough and all that. When it goes to Los Angeles, when it goes to Los Angeles, I think it's three out of five 
black, gay, or bisexual men are living with HIV. But we ain't talking about it. We're not talking about it, you know, on the radio. We're not talking about it on TV. We ain't talking about it in church. We ain't talking about it. So we're sitting back and we're letting we're letting our black brothers die. Well, not, let me not say die, but letting them catch HIV. We're we're letting it we're we're letting it happen because we're not create we haven't created a society that welcomes human sexuality and the diversity of it and the fluidity of it. No one listening to my show, no one listening to my show only has sex in the missionary position. Period. No one. I can guarantee that. If you have, if you're only doing missionary style then God bless you, but it's highly unlikely that that is the case in your household. Everyone has a certain sexual desire, certain sexual position, certain sexual something that they cannot share with their friends, that they cannot be like, yo, guess what I like doing? Guess what I like to do? You know, uh, yo, I love to get my armpit sniffed while I'm sucking on somebody's feet. Ain't nobody going to share that. Ain't nobody going to share that. They're not. People have fetishes. They got stuff they like. They got stuff that they want to do that they're scared to talk about. You know, we're not going to even talk about about the quote unquote straight men that are into trans women. That's a whole nother conversation. Notice I said straight men because they still identify as heterosexual. But the minute I put that out there, oh, my God, no, I'm sorry. No. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. Really? I can do a whole show about that. I can do a whole show about that. The minute I talk about heterosexual men that are into anal stimulation, they like to have their anus played with. They like to have their prostate massaged. What happens? People hang up. People disconnect from the Dante show. They drop the call. Oh, no, uh-uh. We ain't talking about that because that man is gay. That man is gay. Why is, why is a heterosexual man gay? Because he likes to have his anus stimulated when the anus has a P-spot. The prostate is a sexual gland. The prostate causes stimulation. The prostate can give you a higher orgasm. So if you're a heterosexual man and you like to get your anus played with, that don't mean nothing. Especially if he's getting played by a woman. Heterosexual man, heterosexual woman, he's getting his anus played with by a woman. Okay, homosexuality is same sex. Okay, same sex attraction. Heterosexual, opposite sex. He's attracted to women. Attracted to cisgender biological women. We can't talk about that, though. Not in the black community. We don't talk about that. Because in the black community, sex is between a man and a woman, missionary style, for reproductive purposes only. So that means our parents only had sex the amount of times we have siblings. So if you're an only child, your mom had sex one time. And your dad had sex one time. Unless your dad slept with Miss, Miss, Miss Beulah May around the corner, then that's twice because your sister stay around the corner. But we don't talk about that. We, we don't talk about it. And, and it's unfortunate. And, and it's unfortunate. But we got we to gotta break these walls down. We got to break these walls down to get to an understanding. So let me, let me read this. Let me, let me read some of the comments on, on the Facebook thread. So everybody, here we go. This is what Facebook's talking about. You know, Facebook basically saying, you know, sexual, sexual exploration is always made to be shameful. Yeah, we got to begin to create sex-positive communities. We need to have sex-positive communities. Parents, you need to understand that what you're not sharing with your kids, they're learning on Google. Your kids are learning about sex on Google, uh, Pornhub, Vitster, Tumblr, Instagram, Snapchat, 
and Facebook. Yes, Facebook. So parents, wake up. Talk to your kids about sex so they can learn from you and not their friends who are just as dumb as they are. Parents, I'm challenging you. No, parents, I'm begging you. Talk to your kids. Talk to, talk to your kids. Talk to your kids about sex. Have real conversation. Don't talk to your kids like you're a virgin, mom, because you're not. You turned up, too. You turned up, too. We owe it to our kids to, for them to learn what sex is all about. You know, and here we go. Macretia just asked, prostate massages helps you. Yes, yes, prostate massages, prostate massages. Bruh, get your prostate massage and see what happens in the bedroom. Let your girl go down there. I know you're going to be nervous at first, but do it with a girl you trust. Do it with a girl that ain't going to tell all our homegirls that you start crying and, 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 and wincing and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, come on. So, but, but bruh, you know, be, be easy when it comes to, to getting too relaxed. You know, some girls ain't comfortable with they with they man holding their knees. You know, I mean, some are, some some ain't. So let's let's be real. All right, let's be real. You know, just just ease your way into it. Don't shock your girl. Don't shock your girl. Don't scare. Her. Don't make her think you like it too much. <laughs> All right, Lance Blair just posted. He said, "Prep isn't a choice for black gay men. It's a necessity." Here we go. Only reason I got on prep was to date and have sex with a positive guy. Then after we broke up. I kept on it because I realized this. It's scary at first, though. Doctor's appointments, you know, for days if you have Kaiser, I feel like a positive patient, but it honestly becomes extremely normal, and I've never been so on top of my sexual health. Take control of your sex life. That's the takeaway for tonight. Take control of your sex life. Take control of your sex life. When you get on prep, it just like it's like a part of taking vitamins every single day. It is what it is. Take control of your sex life. All right. Teach our let's teach our young girls about being control of their their sexual health. Last week I did a workshop with my good friend Macretia. We were talking to the girls. These girls range from range from 18 to 26. I asked the girls, how many of you young ladies in this room know how to put on a condom? None of them knew how to put a condom on a guy, and they all sat back and said, why should we know how to do that? Because you need to be in control as well. You need to be in control. You need to be in control, period. This is not just about this guy coming to you, getting on top like this is the color purple. Get in control. Be in control. All right? All right. So that's it. So you guys are educated, 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 educated. You know, everybody, everybody listened. Nobody wants to say nothing, which is all good. So I guess I, I talked enough and I put enough stuff out there. But, you know, if y'all want to do this conversation about um, about straight men and transgender women, hey, I can line I can line up my sisters and we can have a show that will blow your mind. You know, trust me, we can have a show that will blow your mind because it is common. It happens more often than not. There are a lot of heterosexual men out there, are men who identify as heterosexual, that enjoy the company of transgender women. You know, and please understand that these men are not always the penetrator. Sometimes they are the receiver. Okay, so that that can be a whole show. But that is a Dante after hours, tuck your kids away and pull out all your alcohol type conversation. Okay, because I think we need to have these conversations. You guys can know stuff is going on out there. Stuff is going on. Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening. And it is something that we got to discuss. We can't keep sweeping this stuff under the rug and then, you know, walking around saying, oh, no, not over here. Not in my family. Not in my church. Not Yes. In your family, in your church, in your neighborhood. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with it. Sex 
is normal. The human sexual experience is normal. We have to unprogram our thought processes about it, and we have to unlearn some of those archaic ways. We have to realize that sex is normal. What you don't do is what you don't do, okay? But don't yuck my yum. Don't yuck my yum, because what you eat don't get me fat, all right? Period. Period. All right. Last question. I see Steph. Is there any reason a positive person should take PrEP? No. If you are living with HIV, you do not take PrEP. Okay. Because PrEP actually is a, is one of the medic, the, the medication used for PrEP is a medication that is part of the HIV treatment regimen. I actually take Truvada. So I'm living with HIV and I take Truvada. So I take one of the medications. Okay. So if you are on, if you are living with HIV, you do not take prep. And, and before I go, let me, let me mention real quick, I got five minutes left. Don't forget about PEP. PEP is post-exposure prophylaxis. So just per chance, you are with someone, the condom breaks, and they are HIV positive. Um, you're not on PrEP, um, and they're not um, undetectable. The condom breaks, or you find out you know, the next day that the person did, in fact, have HIV, you can go and get on PEP. Post-exposure prophylaxis. You take PEP for 20, 29 days, Okay, it's about three medications, and you take that, and that will decrease your odds of seroconverting to HIV positive, all right? It's like the morning after pill, except it lasts for almost a month, all right? You can get that the same that you can walk into. You can literally walk into most emergency rooms. You can come to my job, APLA Health, 3741 South Liberia Avenue. You can walk into my job, and you can get on PEP. Okay, so if you have come in contact with someone who has HIV and you feel that you were at risk or the person put you at risk, can't get on PEP. But you must start PEP. You must start PEP within 72 hours after exposure. And when it comes to side effects, there are some side effects for um, PrEP. It's usually basically like taking any new medication. You may get some nausea, you may get some diarrhea, or you may get some headaches, but the uh, side effects vary based upon individual. Just like all medications, you read the side of the label and it says it may cause, you know, so it may cause certain things, but it's not a lot of stuff. And usually those side effects subside after about two or three weeks. Okay. With PEP, I'm not too sure of the side effects. Um, it's not a long-term series of medications, but with PrEP, I know there are some side effects, some side effects. And I can do a more um, in-depth PrEP conversation too. I can get Dr. Leo Moore to come on my show. He can talk about PrEP and he would, trust me, he would love to, to do a good overview um, about PrEP so people can really know what's going on. Believe it or not, in Los Angeles County, there is a big push to get um, people on PrEP because people are not accessing it, especially black, gay, and bisexual men. White gay men are somewhat embracing it, but the black community is not embracing it at all because it, it hit a lot of resistance when it came out. Believe it or not, when PrEP started coming out into the black community, there were a lot of black heterosexuals that kept pushing the whole Tuskegee experiment and all that kind of stuff. So millennials, what I'm noticing, millennials are taking PrEP. People, people in my generation are not. Okay, so that's it for tonight, y'all. So yeah, I got to go. My time is up. I only gave myself an hour to cover this. But listen, so that was my whole talk. So everybody, be safe. Wrap it up. If you can't wrap it up, get on prep. Take some prep the next day. But have communication. Have conversation. That's it, y'all. All right, I'm out. Stay blessed and good night. Let's close out with some Alexander O'Neill. Let's go back, all right? A broken heart hit me, y'all. Hey.